1: And call 1 888 freedom or visit consumercellular.com.
0: Savings based on cost of consumer cellular single line, one five and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy.
3: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over 300 million. Whew! Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player funding.
2: That's right. It's, it's that time, y'all. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each money-making conversation talk shows about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different. The challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, you can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning, and through your committed effort. My information that I am getting from my guests on Money Making Conversations have that same passion, and they share that information when we talk about their career, motivation, what they're promoting, and how they live a balanced life, ultimately sharing to all of us their secrets to success. The thing about social media, and the power of social media, is the relationship that I created with my next guest. We communicate through LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of my favorite uh, formats that I use on a regular basis. Um, My next caller is calling from Australia. She recently was featured in the Herald Sun, the Sydney Morning Herald, Domain Property, the Property Investor Magazine, Smart Investor, the Australia Newspaper, Money Magazine, and many other publications. She's an official advocate for White Ribbon. In this role, she speaks to men nationally, to champion change for the prevention of violence against women and children. Her overall mission is to bring financial literacy to every woman in Australia, and they hope that they will step into their rightful birthright of abundance and economic empowerment. Please welcome to Money-Making Conversations from Australia, Marion May.
1: Good morning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's afternoon <laughs> where we're at, and so it's, it's uh, oh, and I, well, and I'm, fe- I, I'm feeling really good about the o- opportunities that we are having on the air right now. <laughs> and so, tell us about. Okay, first of all, I'm calling Australia. The, the big news in Australia has been the fires in Australia.
1: Right. There yeah. is it,
2: it has dominated yeah. the news. To my understanding, that they're they're starting to calm down. Correct.
1: Mm, correct. So, um, we, uh, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, in the state of Victoria, and uh, for the first time ever, we were declared a state of uh, emergency that was pushed through parliament and government.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, it's dominated the news and it's affected, as you've read, our wildlife and not only people, um, but we had unexpected rains, which right. has helped the situation, mm-hmm. and things have definitely um, decreased in terms of the spread of fire, so it's great news.
2: Well, you know, there's really... Uh it's, it's sad that that can dominate the news because you don't want it to dominate the news because basically not. When, when nature gets uh, abused in that manner, we uh, uh, mm. we, all, we find out how helpless we are. Okay, uh, there's no magic switch that you can drop and it, the, it stops. And so, but the, the helpless part about it is the is the devastation to the wildlife. You know that Absolutely. That, that has been the, that has been the, the I mean uh, just just hunger, uh, wild animals coming up because they're hungry, you know, they would normally uh, not uh-huh. come to to civilians because they're they thirsty and they need some form of nourishment. And when they try to uh, take care of them, they die anyway. So yeah. when you when you yeah. read about this that's going on, and I'm reading about it because it's part of being an entrepreneur because it affects business, it affects tourism, it affects so many ways, it affects housing, it affects how people look at things because they redirect their funds someplace else. And it can almost halt a, an economic uh growth process in a country and especially in a city. So where are you guys mm-hmm. at right now as financial from an economic standpoint in Melbourne in Australia?
1: Well, Melbourne is a really robust, you know, we're a a major city, just like Sydney, Australia. Um, But we, you know, we always have this rivalry going on with Sydney, saying that we're better. (laughs) Yes. Um, And Melbourne is forecasted to be the biggest and the strongest city over the course of the next decade. Our economy is robust and strong. But, of course, these regional areas that we're now referring to, where we had in excess of 16 fires... um, They're they're local regional economy, so they rely heavily on tourism spend to stay afloat. Um, But as far as the city of Melbourne, Australia goes, we're a robust, strong, dynamic economy.
2: Cool. Now, your company, let's go personally start talking about you because I wanted to bring your brand awareness. (laughs) But I've, I've been remiss to speak to somebody from Australia and not get an update. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I know them in the first time. Uh, but Rashana, you know, you had her on the phone. guy. you can say nothing like that. And so we've spoken <laughs> about that. Now let's talk about you because it affects a lot of the things that are going on, your passion, your your mission statements. Now the name of your company, the first name is your mother's name and your lat the last mm-hmm. is the, la- the also the last name of your father. Explain give us your name of the company and then why did you do that?
1: Yeah. So the company name is called Failure Stanley Group. And essentially, when I was um, in my early 20s and starting my business career, um, unexpectedly I lost both of my parents in my early 20s. And when I created this business model, I I wanted it to embody the spirit of both my mother and father because I intend to leave a very big legacy in terms of bringing financial literacy to all women and all girls across Australia. So... When we were sitting down and deciding on a name and the marketing people had all the ideas, all great ideas, um, I just knew that Thalia Stanley was what um, I wanted to embody, and that was the qualities and the values and the characteristics of both my parents in right. doing this work.
2: Th- that means it's a passion. So I also Absolutely. read that you, uh, you're your champion for sh- a shining a spotlight on the homelessness in
1: Australia. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, We have, not like any other um, Western country around the world, uh, a homeless epidemic here in Australia. And in fact, women over the age of 55 are our fastest growing demographic of homelessness in this country. Um, Last year, late last year, I was officially appointed as an ambassador for the international organization St. Vincent de Paul Society um, and every year we have what's called a CEO sleep out where the heads right. of major corporations sleep out on the street to raise money for homelessness. Um, and we raise substantial money like in the tens of millions. And so, um, for the last three years, I've done that CEO sleep out and raised money for homelessness. And then last year, the organization offered me a position as an official ambassador. Um, And some of the work that I do directly relates to trying to prevent women over 55 uh, becoming homeless.
2: Now, when is that done? Has it just wrapped, the third, uh, the the winter sleepout for the CEOs? Has that wrapped?
1: Has it what, sorry? Have
2: have you completed it already, or is it coming up?
1: So so what happens is, yes, so we do it every year, and in the middle of winter, they pick the absolute coldest, wettest day, and that's the day (laughs) that we sleep out. So that's coming up in... Um, I think June or July, so a little while to go. Okay. Um, okay. And we and we do it in the middle of winter to get appreciation of what it must be like for somebody to be displaced and homeless, living on the street in that, in those conditions.
2: So I will tell you this, Miss um, Mays. Uh, our relationship is not a one off, and so I I want to be a part of that as far as information, so I can promote it on my social media and make it, it make it uh, okay. more of a make the united states aware of it it becomes an international event because it sounds pretty amazing it sounds like something we should be doing over here
1: uh we do it in every state across australia so ceos from all the major organizations come together for one night in every state across australia and we all do the sleep out individually in each state i think this year it's going to be even more important for us because we have the devastation of the fires right um which is which has displaced so many people, like so many people have obviously lost their homes. Um, so this year our efforts are going to be even stronger and the event's going to be even more important for us.
2: Well, again, everything that you're doing is derived through your passion. Because you say you lost your parents at an early age. What, mm. did, did they create, was yes. the passion built through your relationship with your parents or after they left your life you found your passion?
1: No, I think at a very early age, I always knew that I had a calling to be in service and to help others, right. and that was innate in me. As a child, I remember like taking personal items from my parents' home and giving them away to people who I thought were poorer than us, and my parents saying, like, you know, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought, I thought they needed the ham more than we did, or I thought they right. needed the clothing more than we did. So it was always innate in me. Um, when my parents passed away in my early 20s, obviously I had to, you know, I was literally orphaned and I had to uh, economically be able to um, survive and thrive and, um, and that led me into a really tenacious work ethic of understanding that I'm on my own and I've really got to work to make it here. And then, of course, Vehicle has become the vehicle for me to um, really have such great success in the work that I do and service, serving and helping others. Um, and I think success breeds success. Like the more work that I do and the more women that I serve and the more people that I help, um, the more opportunities seem to appear to be able to do this work.
2: i me you this because, you know, as I listen, I, I, one of the qualities I try to bring to my show is just, we're just in conversation. And in conversation, you tend to sit back and listen to your guests. And when I listen to you, you know, I, I, it's just, it just seems like you, you give so much of your time. Do you have time for yourself? Has anybody ever asked you that question? What do you What do you give back <laughs> well, to you, Miss Mays?
1: Yeah, I do. I actually live a really amazing life by design. I have organized my work in a way that um, I'm able to live a really great quality of life. Right. I have a 12 year old son, Somerset, who's sitting beside me right now. And um, after we finish this interview, we're about to go onto a construction site and show a woman a property. Um, I do live in service, but I found a way to, you know, like people have this distinction, oh, this is my work, and then separate, this is my life. Um, I have that distinction too, but I found a way to make the two marry together. And when I spend time with my clients, it's just as pleasant as spending time with people in my personal life. But I do live a life by design and I believe in self-care and I try to model self-care for my son. I mean, obviously having parents who both passed away at 59 is incentive for me to really have a high level of self-care. Um, so, yes, I do. I have um, I have lots of great quality personal time, particularly with my son. Um, but I'm very dedicated to the work because there's just so much work to be done in Absolutely. the space here in Australia. Absolutely. Um, of financial literacy for women.
2: You know, because people, they say that about me. So it's not nothing, uh, you know, that I'm just throwing it back at you because I, I love what I do. I love that, you know, people say, Rashad, what time you go to bed? I say, I usually go to bed by midnight. What time you get up at 4 <laughs> o'clock? Oh, God, what do you, what do you do? You're going <laughs> to wear it? No, because I love what I do. And in fact, I, I tell people all the time, if I could figure out a way not to go to sleep, I'd be happy. That means I would just yeah. be constantly um, just doing things that I love to do. But unfortunately, yeah. I have stayed up at the most. I think about fifty-four hours in, in a row, and I was vibrating. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was literally just shaking. And uh, finally, my wife said, "Just you, you stop. You need to stop." Okay, and I and I say that because of the fact that if you're passionate about something, if you're driven by something, whether you might consider it work. If you can, if it's a passion, it's considered something that you've been blessed to to deliver to somebody. It's something to make somebody's life better, and that seems like you said that's your calling. That's you've been called to do this. It's, just, it's almost like a minister yeah. being called to the altar to preach, but you're called to the altar to make change, to, to to create a more positive life because you have a positive life, and that's called helping someone to have a better life than your than you. I see you understood that at a very early age. I didn't understand that until I got older. That you know. That I could I could share that I could that I could actually help you for some reason in your brain it clicked that you know something? I don't really need this but you probably need it more so here and your parents are looking like mm. hey 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 you gotta watch her mm. gotta lock everything down she gonna give us she gonna give everything away <laughs> she gonna give away the refrigerator it's very true <laughs> it's
1: very true I gave away my my mother's nightgown our ham for the family our clothing our food all the time I would just Get our stuff and say, actually, I would tell them that my parents told me to give it to them, which wasn't 100% accurate at the time. But, right.
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> I love it. If you're talking with Marion Mays from Australia, we'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations. It's fantastic. She is a she is a friend that I discovered on LinkedIn, and she's a friend for life. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. She got a shot in her life. I might show up on her doorstep. Or I might be at the CEO. Sleep out. The to sleep out in June. You know me, I'm crazy like that. We'll be right back with more from Rashad McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that down.
3: It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to midnight mass, Coles has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. Money Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action.
2: Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald and you're listening to Money Making Conversations. My guest is live on the phone. It's in the morning where she's at, uh, in Australia, Melbourne, Australia. You know, I have, to, I have to change my, I have to articulate it in a different way when you say Australia, because Lord knows if I was in Houston Tech, I'd say Australia. i just mess it all up. But Mary and she's on the phone. And one of the things that drew my, drew, created a relationship that I have with her, it was through LinkedIn, was that her passion, and especially her passion for the education of women through financial literacy. And one of the things that you that I read, I I actually clipped out one of her posts and just pasted over there where she wrote about, in my direct experience, more than 90% of women I encounter in my work do not have a current will. Mm
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just set the scene for you guys over there um, in terms of what is the, the climate, the economic climate here in Australia. So, you know, we have the gender pay gap, that's real, in Australia for women. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have, um, we don't have financial literacy as part of our national academic framework in Australia. So what I mean by that is financial literacy is not taught in primary schools or high schools or college over here. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that, we have successful women, you know, who work and have professional careers um, and earn money, but they don't necessarily have financial literacy. Um, And so I run live events across the country in Melbourne in Sydney and up north. Um, And every time I run an event, uh, one of the questions I ask is for all the women in the room to raise their hand to see if they've got a simple, basic thing like a will in place. Um, and those stats are pretty acu- accurate. I always have a room full of raised hands mm-hmm. um, with all of these women who just don't even have a basic will in place.
2: Now, because of that, what does that say about the education? Is it needed? Because I'm not I'm not, not going to speak in a, in a like-know-it-all I know it all format, so I kind of speak say- Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. So... Um, well, I think uh, this is how I came to do this work. So I used to work in financial services in a corporate capacity, in an executive-level capacity. And I saw in our industry in Australia, in the financial services industry, we had all of these financial planners. Right. But we also, simultaneously, we also had statistics that said women over 55 are the fastest-growing um, demographic of homelessness. And nobody, most women, don't have financial literacy regardless of whether they have a college degree or not. Um, So, yes, it's needed. I mean, it should be in our primary schools. It should be in our secondary schools um, because it's as fundamental and as basic as home economics, like cooking. Right. Um, But we we don't have it as a mandatory subject in our education system. And so five years ago, I left the corporate world on a wing and a prayer. And I said to all my colleagues, I'm going to start a company based on financial literacy. (laughs) And they all said, you're crazy mad. Um, There's no such thing as running a company for financial literacy. You're going to be committing commercial, um, you know, suicide. You shouldn't do this. And five years later, um, we've been successfully teaching women around Australia financial literacy. And these are professional, normal, everyday women like me.
2: Right. Now, well, you know, you left something that made sense to me. I left IBM to go be a comedian. So, you know, it was a lot of people looked at me a little bit more skeptical, you know. At least you had a plan. At least at least, at least the word financial was in your departure title. My title was comedian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it's just as crazy if you think about it because my colleagues are like, so you're going to bring adults into a room. Right. Into a board into a boardroom and then you're gonna try and tell adults they need to learn financial literacy and you want people to come voluntarily and pay for this <laughs> and I was like yep, yep that's the model that's what I'm gonna do <laughs>
2: that's what I'm gonna do I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let them know they are stupid and I'm gonna actually make them pay for it. <laughs> no, no, no. that's what you that's what that's what you did and you you're successful at it uh, you know uh, you, you you almost have me about to ready and buy a ticket for Australia for the month of June that's how good you are you have a skill Miss Mays, that, that, uh, f- that causes people to look at you and go, where, how much, when. That's it. Which is really gifted. That's, and you should never walk away from that skill because it's a blessing. And the fact that you, you're turning that skill into trying to educate women who have a gender pay gap issue, mm. which, the, mm-hmm. hey, you can have wills. You should mm. invest in property. Let's talk about that. Mm. Because yeah. It, it, and because it's not just in Australia, it's, it's, it's in the United States. Okay, it's same issue.
1: Yeah. Same issue. Yep. It's an epidemic. Yeah. It's a social epidemic across the Western world. I think there's a few countries who have found solutions. But right now, as we speak, I'm outside a construction site and I'm meeting a client in about half an hour. And just to share her story, she's um, in her late 40s and she doesn't have enough money to retire. You know, we say here in Australia if you wanna live off, you know, fifty thousand Australian dollars a year you need about a million dollars invested in super or if you wanna live off a hundred thousand a year you need about two million dollars invested in superannuation. Um, this woman doesn't have that. She's forty nine years old and so we're just about after this interview we're gonna go onto a construction site. And we're going to view a property that she will potentially invest in um, for the long term so that when she is 60 years of age, um, she will have more money than what she is presently on track to have just in her superannuation alone. Uh, In Australia, basically, our employers are mandated to pay 9% of your total salary into a super retirement fund. Right. But you you can do the math, and this didn't start until quite late for a lot of women. You can do the math. 9% 9% of an average salary in Australia over their working life is not going to be sufficient money to retire. Absolutely. So um, so I have started a campaign here in Australia. We're just launching it this year. It's my new project. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Property for Women, and the concept behind it is that every single woman, regardless of her social background, demographic status, religion, colour, earning capacity. Every single woman should own one piece of real estate, one property in her own name. Um, And that's a new project that we're launching this year, so I'm really excited. Um, And the spirit behind that is that to have one piece of real estate in your own name in Australia means that you can borrow money against it. Um, You'll always have a roof over your head. You can rent it out to earn an income, and it really is that preventative tool to poverty and homelessness and even financial abuse, which has become a big thing in recent years here in Australia.
2: Absolutely. Now, okay, I hear your tone. I hear your passion. Do you have the naysayers out there, the, the male naysayers, you know, that call you a rebel rouser, that uh, try to...
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, <yeah, so> for <laughs> five years, really, my whole industry... Um, because financial... She's out there trying to smarten the up
2: them women. Trying to smarten
1: them up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not really conducive to... Um, it's not really conducive for financial planners for me to be educating women on financial matters. So, yes, I mean, for five years, I've not really been embraced by my original industry. Um, but last year, I was very lucky. That kind of shifted. I um, was the lucky recipient of... Um, a, national, a prestigious national award in my industry. And for the first time in five years, my work was really, and the legacy that I'm trying to create was really recognized. Um, but I think my clients experience it more because um, really interesting, my clients tell me that when they first meet me and they have low financial literacy, they don't have much confidence. And then all of a sudden, you know, within six months, they're investing in property and they're saving money and they're buying <laughs> shares. It's the people around them, the men at work, the people in their life saying, what are you doing? And they're saying, well, you know, I met this woman and I'm doing this. And and the skepticism kicks in and, you know, you should be careful and, you know, (laughs) you don't know what kind of investments you're putting her into. and right. Um, so so absolute, absolutely, and I think we fear anything we don't really understand. But I also think in this country, there's a conditioning and a comfort. So I'll give you an example, maybe shocking, but it's true. In Australia, the gender pay gap is so real that in the financial services sector, we have the biggest gender pay cap across all our professions. So for example, if I was still working in corporate I would be doing the same job as a man, but I would earn twenty five percent less than what he would.
2: Sounds very familiar over here. Okay, just know. Oh, right. Okay. Just, so, just, just so know that say- you're not saying anything new in the United States. You know, my my executive <laughs> producer, she's sitting over here next to me, going, "Yes, that's that's very very true, very true." So okay. join join the so club. So we
1: say property. We say property is the great equalizer to that because Absolutely. property has no discrimination. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can get women investing in property, then we can close mm-hmm. the gender pay gap.
2: Well, you know, the thing about it is that I, first of all, I'm enjoying this interview, and thank you again for calling me from Australia early in the morning. It was comfortable in the afternoon over here just to just to let people know that the information you're giving to me is very relatable to the listeners in the United States or any other country because because mm-hmm. women are are regulated to a, to secondary citizens in so many different ways. And it's always been the case. And so mm-hmm. through change is happening. But it's not happening rapidly enough as as in racial situations as well. But but one yeah. key thing I wanted to bring you on the phone was to talk about what are the key factors to getting unstuck and in your eyes, getting unstuck
1: and building wealth? Mm. Mm, absolutely. So I think the first thing is, I mean, the work that we always do with women, which is a little bit abstract because it doesn't happen in the financial services uh, um, industry here, is we look at their mindset and we look at their subconscious beliefs and we look at their story. And so we actually work with them on that level. What is the story that you hold about yourself, about your conditioning from your past, from the family you came from, from the hood that you grew up in? what is the story that you have that tells you what is possible for your life and what is not possible? We work at that level first. So it's really about behavioral science and mindset. So I think that's the first thing, to really challenge your beliefs and the story that you're telling yourself about what's possible. I think my life is an example of, you know, I just grew up in a, um, a normal suburb and my parents unfortunately passed early and I was on my own, but I'm self-made and I'm financially independent and I'm successful. And I always say to women, I didn't have many of the opportunities um, that they did. I didn't have the opportunity to finish uh, my university degree in law. Um, I didn't have the opportunity to have the financial support of my parents for those additional years so I could study. Um but I was able to do it, and um, so I think the first step, number one, is you have to look at your belief system right. and your subconscious beliefs, because that really is driving all of your behavior. 90, you know, 95% of all decisions we make are made in the subconscious brain without us even realizing. The second thing I say is you have to have basic financial literacy. This whole idea, and I don't know if There's a trend there, like in America, like there is here. But this whole idea of going to some guru who tells you, listen, I'm a guru and you don't really understand anything about money and you should just blindly trust me Mm -hmm. and I'll invest your money and it'll be okay. Um, What I say is that's actually not okay. And so the second thing you need is financial literacy because as human beings, we never do or we fear something we don't understand. When we have more information and when we understand something, then we develop confidence to do it. And the critical thing, like if I could give anyone listening um, a message, the message would be that there is no amount... You know, we're all wired for hard work. I certainly was. I mean, I came from a family who had amazing work ethic. We're wired and we're told as children in our education system and throughout our lives that we need to be good people and that we need to work really hard. And if we work really hard, then we can make money. Um, And what I would say to people is that is maybe true in part, but no amount of hard work and no amount of salary income is going to make you financially independent or wealthy. It's buying assets that go up in value over time um, is the only way to build wealth. And you can read any book. I mean, you've got some great wealth mentors over there Mm -hmm. um, who have published amazing books. The the only way for anybody to get ahead is to buy assets that go up in value over the course of their working life um, as a means to financial independence and to building wealth. So I would say they're the three critical points, and the first point in Coming Unstuck is really sitting down and getting real about the story that you're telling yourself about what's possible for your life. Awesome.
2: Awesome. Mary Mays, thank you again for taking the time. Um, I have a book coming out in 2021, in January. Uh, One of the locations I want to come is to Melbourne. So uh, you will see me at you may see me early. I may I might come to the the CEO There's an
1: open invitation for you here. <laughs>
2: yeah. I know. And and if, if I keep talking to you, you're, you're going to give me the come too. I, I will
1: get I will provide the sleeping bag <laughs> for you. I will bring the sleeping bag for you and the pillow for you. Oh and you God. can spend the night you can spend the night with some of Melbourne's greatest CEOs with the biggest hearts who okay. raise tens of millions of dollars. Okay. Um for the St. Vincent de Paul
2: Society. So there's an open invitation for you. Okay. and I We're going to talk because I might come. Seriously, I might come. <laughs> uh, thank you for taking the time and tell your son hi. And keep, keep the world straight on that side of the that part of the world, okay?
1: I'll do my best. Thank, thank you. you so much
3: for
2: having me. Oh, you're awesome, Mary. Thanks.
3: In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws.
0: still living in 2021 and manually taking notes there is a better way start the new year with otter.ai automatically get meeting notes otter.ai works for virtual meetings like zoom microsoft teams and google meet sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores otter.ai that's O-T-T-E-R.ai. you coming to bed hon yep honey i'll be right there just got to turn out the light
2: ow ow